podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHBACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. It is Tuesday, September the 10th. I am your host, Gav, as normal. Um, what we're going to do tonight, we are going to have a look at Manchester United. We're going to have a look at... Uh, Mourinho, we're going to have a look at Solskjaer, the transfer window, their start of the season and their expectations for the season. Um, who, who I've brought with me tonight is Grizz. Grizz is with me and I also have Scott Saunders from 90minute.com. Um, let's get straight into it. Scott, how are you? I'm well, thanks mate. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, venting a little bit perhaps. Okay, <laughs> you're more than, absolutely more than welcome to vent at any stage. Um what now, Grizz, how are you? I'm alright, mate, not too bad at all. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Right, um where do we start? Well, before we go anywhere, I'll have to let you know that this show is sponsored by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a betting company, is a betting app. Um if you need odds on Liverpool, specials on Liverpool through the LFC Day Trippers. Um if you need odds on football, any other sport that's going, um, Paddy Power is your man. Always bet responsibly and, and gamble responsibly. If you don't gamble, absolutely ignore what I've just said. It is not for you and that's absolutely fine. Um, but let's get, let's get into it, I suppose, lads. And the first thing I want to, the first thing I want to get into is, I want to go back, Scott. I want to go back a little bit and I want to go to, um, Josie Mourinho. So Josie Mourinho's in charge. I'm not going to go through his whole tenure at United, but Josie Mourinho's in charge, and towards the end it gets quite, I suppose, heated. Um, the fans aren't happy with the style of football. Um, he gets very prickly, like he usually does. And for me, it looked like... I, I, th- I, was, I thought it was a bit strange when he got the job in the first place, but uh, the signs were, were there from a long way out, weren't they, Scott? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think... Well, initially, when he came in, I, I, he was actually the one I wanted. Um, mm, interesting. So it's, it, you know, he, he's got that record. He, he's a winner. Um, maybe just showing chinks in his armour a little bit over the, the... I think there was a bit, a bit of time at Chelsea, and I don't think it ended too well at Real Madrid either. Um, but, you know, at the time, I kind of felt like that United needed just somebody who was a proven winner to come in. And... If you kind of look at it, really, I think the first transfer window that he had was probably our most successful one um, since kind of Sir Alex Ferguson left. So, to be honest, over the first two years that he was there, um, if you cut, um, if you cut it off, 
at the end of the second year, when we finished second, albeit like however many points it was behind Man City, I think if you look at it up to that point, I think it was a successful, relatively successful kind of tenure. He won trophies. He kind of got us to our highest league position uh, since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And everybody knows, though, about that kind of third year. And the signs were there early. And he wasn't supported in the transfer market. I think that we can get into that. We can we can kind of uh, talk a lot about that. But to be honest, like, I'm happy that we did it. Um, I'm sure that there's some United fans out there who will kind of say, no, he was poison um, to our club. But to be honest, I think if they'd have gone whole hog and tried to back and tried to back him um, with getting the players that he wanted and that kind of thing, I don't think it would have ended quite as badly as it did so quickly. Um, it definitely would have ended badly, regardless. Um, at some point, anyway. Um, but to be honest, I, I I've always been a big Mourinho fan. I was I was a Mourinho fan before he came in. I still am now. Um, and I kind of wish him the best. And I don't think there's many United fans out there who will kind of say kind of say the same thing. But I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Grizz, um, I said at the outset this that it, for me I thought it was crazy that he got the job. I have to caveat that a little bit with I, I kind of know where they were coming from. Now that sounds very hypocritical of me. Um, but in one sense I could see where they were coming from because this guy can be a torment to your club or he can just take you and put you right on the top top level and you know you'd watch him what city were at where Liverpool were trying to trying to be at. Was it a risk? Was it that was that the risk they were looking for? You know, he might be t- you know, he might have a temper on him, he might be he might talk to the press, he might be a bit prickly with players and whatever else, but for you was it when you look back at it were you thinking it was a, a big gamble they were trying to take just to propel themselves and get them back up there with City? Yeah, you know, the, at the time, and it seems like it was so later proved. I thought it was a lazy, I thought it was a lazy, a lazy appointment. And what I mean by that is, I don't think enough. It seems like not enough background work was done, and sort of there was no planning for the future. It was get the best man around who's who's available. I was a Mourinho. Scott, was he out of a job at the time? Just remind me. Uh-huh. Yeah, he left Chelsea a few months before. I think it was the December before that. Right, so he was right. So he was yeah. unemployed. He's he probably you know yeah. looking at CVs and looking at big names. The best man around, Man United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Let's go and get Mourinho. And I just don't think there was much thought after that. As in, what does the team need? What stage the squad was at in terms of does it need an overhaul? Because look, they're used to Sir Alex Ferguson, who, in my opinion was one of the greatest managers of all time. And one of the reasons for that was the way he rebuilt teams. And I felt at the time this Man United team needed to be rebuilt. And I'm not sure if Jose Mourinho is the best man to bring in when you're trying to rebuild a whole squad as Man United were. And, you know, I I still think they are, which is um, lovely to us, but it's a shame for them. So I thought it was a lazy appointment. I thought it was just... Get the best man in. It was like um almost like a Real Madrid type appointment where you, they just bring the best man in and no planning after that. Do you know what I mean? So that's my that was my thoughts at the time. What I would say is um, United have been very very confused. Um, I over, 
even since even since the Glazers took over, like mm. a lot of United fans now will point, they'll point at Mourinho and they'll say that he dragged the club into the ground. But at the end of the day, it's the owners where the kind of blame lies and the people making the decisions on on who are bringing the managers in. So with the lazy shout, I kind of agree. Um, but I think at the time there were two managers around who were kind of, you know, right there, right there, yeah, Pep and Mourinho. And so, oh, was Pep around as well? Oh, yeah, because Pep, Pep went to City in the same ah, summer. Ah, so, yes, yes. Or like they, they obviously confirmed him. I think it was in the February that they confirmed him. Mm. Uh, so that was a few months in a few months in advance. So United had to react in a way. Um, maybe some fans would look back now and say, "Why did we sack Bangal?" Um, but to be honest, I think that the football was so kind of turgid at the time that I, I felt like a change was kind of necessary and. If you, it, what the problem that United had is they needed to do it one of two ways, but they half-assed it. So essentially, they should have, if they had a plan for long term, they should have appointed a manager who they knew would have brought them kind of. Um, they'd have been they'd have been in a bit of trouble for a couple of years, but they would have come out the other side of it with a manager at a long term plan. Um, it would help if the club had a long term plan as well. But it, they appointed Mourinho and they decided to go short term, and then they didn't back him. So. The problem is they tried to have, tried to do it both ways and, and it ended up, they, they ended up half-arsing it, you know? Um, so it, they didn't back Mourinho. So I feel a bit of sympathy with Mourinho because he didn't exactly get all of the players that he wanted, but he did spend enough, enough money to kind of make, um, make the team successful again and just didn't. So, um, you know, it, as my, I love Mourinho, I still do. I hope he kind of gets another job and comes back because he's, he's a very divisive figure. I love him um, and I always have. Um, but, you know, United need to sort their, sort things out at the top and work down. And I think that's what they've tried to do now, albeit a few years too late. Yeah, just um, one point that's come in here. People are throwing in comments all the time. I'm not ignoring people on the chat. I'm just taking notes as we go along to fit these questions in at a certain times that, that they will uh, be appropriate during this discussion. Um, but one is about um, Mourinho getting a contract extension. Um, w- w- and he did get a contract extension. Was it after the year they extended it? Yeah, yeah. I think he got the contract extension in, I think it was the January um, before he left. Mm. Um, which... Yeah, so I think he left in, in the December. So it's the same year. Um, yeah, that was a bit odd to me because it felt like um, they were rewarding. Because United, United weren't in great form at the time, if I recall. I, I don't think we were um, particularly tearing it up. There were there were good spells of form under Mourinho. There were bad ones. And this one came at just a mediocre time. It did. I, was, I, remember, I remember exactly that. You're right, Scott. It was like, wow, how did that come about? And sort of... We had Liverpool fans rejoicing, Gav, didn't we? Sort of, yeah, yeah bring it on. You know, give him a lifetime contract. And you're right, it, it, it was the timing of it that was a bit strange. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I think even even myself then, like I've mentioned already a couple of times that I'm a Mourinho fan, but I don't understand why they did renew it at the time. And that just kind of goes to show, really, that oh, this club has no idea what they're doing. Um, and obviously, it came back to bite them. So they... they They'd given Mourinho a new contract, and then the summer after, they didn't get the players that he wanted. Um, like, was it, it, was it was it a case of they've given him a new contract, okay? And Mourinho felt, you know, I'm into January here. I'm getting a contract extension. I can really start because I noticed about Mourinho, he was very, 
you know, when, when, when you see Marino rock up at Chelsea in 2000 and f- summer of 2004, he's very brash. He's very the special one. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's walking into, you know, at the time Ferguson and, and Wenger's yard and he's telling them what he's going to do. Uh, when he, when he rocks up at Chelsea a second time, it's like the, you know, the second coming of Christ. Um, but when he, when he rocks up at United, I found him to be quite humble, quite reserved. And it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I thought this won't last. The trans, the, did that contract extension then trigger Mourinho too? Well, now I am in the, in the, in the position of power here now and I can start throwing my weight around a little bit more. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just given him, it's, you know, he, he talked about his payoff and what he'd get if, if the club decided to sack him. They'd, they'd have to pay him. I can't remember what the exact number was, but it wasn't. It's, it's eye water in money. Um, he had license, so he, he felt like he was backed by the club. And if they didn't decide to back him for whatever reason, um, and if they did decide to sack him, he'd come out of the other end of it happy as Larry because he's got a massive payoff anyway. Um, so I felt like he there's a, there's a problem within the squad now, and it's, it's been in there for a while. That there there are players in there. Well, I know they they tried to clear out the, the players who were just picking up paychecks and that kind of thing. Um, over the last few months in this summer transfer window, but there, there's players in there with the wrong attitude. So I think it was a an attempt um, for him to kind of light a fire under the players to try and get them to play better, and secondly, a message to everyone that this is my club now. Like I can do what I want, and he's just mm. he, he loves to do that. He loves to push the boundaries. He loves to be centre of attention, and I think play, giving him that contact has played into his hands. Um, it was a it was a silly decision. Grizz, um, you know the, the, the contract does look a silly decision. Uh, you know people are saying there that um, the signings while Mourinho was in charge looked pretty bizarre, considering the fact that he didn't get his defence in order. You know we're still talking about United's defence today. Um, you know, literally today, because Harry Maguire, I think, gave away a penalty earlier. I wasn't watching it. I was playing Pro Evolution Soccer. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, because that's been an ongoing thing in my life for the last three days, Pro Evolution against FIFA. It's it's a massive thing, apparently. Um, but, you know, he never he does not sort that defence out. I know he signs Eric Boy from, I think it's Villarreal, for around £30 million. People rave about him um, when he signed, you know. But he never seems to put the Mourinho stamp on that team, does he? He just seems to make that team go back into its shell, you know, and this is where they hold United Way and you know, for me the United Way was be really solid, be be really aggressive, be physical and Mordia on the break. You know, going back to the likes of Giggs, Conchelskis, Lee Sharp if you want to go back that far, you know, Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, they would all do you on the break. Um and then if you were in control of the game, Beckham would be lashing balls into box for, for all sorts of strikers to score goals, notably Real Van Nistelrooy. But he never seems to put a stamp on that team, Grace, does he? Uh, see, the thing is, uh, Scott said earlier he kind of he kind of felt sorry for him that he didn't get the full backing of the board or the players he wants. Well, I kind of disagree because he did get plenty of money to spend in that first. I did correct him. Scott, I'm saying he, that well, man. Uh, he did spend a lot. He did spend a lot of money. Sorry. I mean, added to added to Bailey, I recall he's the one who bought Lindelof as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He did, yeah. He was a fourth signing, I think. So that's little, so he got, and I think Smalling was already there, wasn't there? So Smalling, Phil Jones, and then he added another two centre backs who he thought 
I think he bought Marcus Rojo as well. No, that was Van Gaal. Was that Van Gaal? Okay. So, he did get quite a bit of money to spend, and he did target the defence, Gav, which is very surprising when we go on to say that he didn't get the defensive side right, because... Every club he goes to, that's what he does first. Yeah, but what He's I mean never... by what I mean by agrees is he, he he bought defenders. There's no doubt about that. But the stamp he usually puts on a team is is that he makes sure that his predominantly his well, midfield think... is, is very physical, um, well, controls think... a game, dominates a game, and his defence when called upon is absolutely rock solid. I agree, and that never happened. But I think, but I think, I think he was confused. I think he was confused because the style that you mentioned and you described is a Jose Mourinho style, but I don't think that was a Man United style. I, mean, I think I think he was in court in two. I think he was, you know, in, in two minds in terms of because Man United, you say they're known to be sort of defensively strong and organised and physically. I thought, you know, the, the glory days of Man United were all about attacking football, hundred miles per hour, almost, you know, like a clock, like the first couple of seasons of Klopp, where it's all out attack. Yes, the defence is there, is good. I just don't think Mourinho and you know the people in charge had a sort of plan in terms of how they're going to set about reorganising and sort of, and not only just reorganising, but in terms of tactically where this Man United, you know, the crowd, the people, the fans, everyone's used to sort of such a style with Man United. It went dour. It went totally dour and sour under, under uh, what's his name, the Van Gaal. And then Jose didn't, wasn't able to change that. And it's, I don't think it's in his nature. I don't think it was in his, I don't think it's in his nature to be changed. That. I mean, you know, we know Jose Mourinho hates losing more than he enjoys winning. So, do you know, it was in that kind of sort of, he was stuck in, I think he was confused and it showed on the pictures all at the time. I mean, I, I would temper it a little bit, sorry. Um, I, I kind of suggest that all the players that signed under Mourinho, I don't believe they were all Mourinho signings. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's, you, you mentioned a bit of a lack of direction a little bit. Can, uh, indecision for me I, I, I think I look at Ed Woodward there and did Mourinho want Paul Pogba with the, the amount he dug him out I don't, I don't think he did um, nice, nice, that was, yeah. I think that was an Ed Woodward signing um, yeah. so that and Ibrahimovic I'll, gi- I'll give Mourinho that one I, I, w- I could see that I could see that happening they worked together before and there yeah. was a number of players that did sign over Mourinho's tenure you couldn't really work it out whether it was a Mourinho player or not. And that, that's where, like, that's where it comes from for me. And at the end of the day, when you look at what ended Mourinho, apart from the results, is that he wanted to sell Anthony Martial and sign Ivan Perisic. That, that is, that, that is the, that's what I'm talking about when I'm kind of saying he wasn't backed in the transfer market. But at the same time, the club are completely right to not do that. Um, so it's, it's a double-edged sword, really, because it just—it just wasn't—it just didn't seem a relationship that was ever going to work. There was too many heads being banged against each other. That's the way I, I, I would see it from from the outside looking in. Like Chris Brack on the on the on the on the live chat here says he never bought a leader. His first Chelsea side had he bought Carvalho as quick as he could. He never bought a leader. I think that's a fair point as well, Scott. I, th- I think Zlatan was the leader personally. Um, you. you he had one, I know he, he ended up staying for a couple of seasons, but that, that one season where they, you know, won, he likes to call it three trophies, you know, it was, it was, it was a League Cup and, uh, and the Europa League. They did finish like six in the league, but you saw the kind of impact that Slatan had on the team on the whole. He scored a lot of goals and you look at Pogba kind of 
the way he's been behaving now. Would he have done that with Zlatan at, at the club? I don't know. Um, but as soon as Zlatan kind of went um, or his importance in the team was, was taken away, I completely agree. I don't, there's not a leader there at the moment. Can can I ask you something? Just and and it's 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 a decent parallel because Jurgen Klopp is in charge of Liverpool at the moment. Jurgen Klopp came in in October two thousand and fifteen, and Mourinho came in in the summer sixteen, was it? Yeah. Um, do you do you look? You see, I, I get I get when I look at United at the moment. Don't get me wrong; I've no sympathy. I'm not going to sit here and say I've sympathy for you because I don't, um, and I never will. But I'll, I'll have a, an adult discussion about it. But I get strains of the old Liverpool off this United at the moment. When you look at Klopp in charge of Liverpool and where he's took them in four years, it'll be four years next month, do you look at that and think, is there envy there? Is there jealousy there? Is there is there something where you thought, if only we'd done something like that? I'm not saying Klopp, but if we'd have made that proper appointment after Ferguson, for argument's sake. I, I, don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's envy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, I look at Liverpool now and I kind of respect... Um, what Klopp has done, like in in his first year or two, I think there was a, there was problems problems with the defense. Right, he was scoring a lot of goals, but there was definitely a problem with the defense. To you needed to address, and I was always kind of vocal about that wherever I was writing or wherever I was kind of uh, on you know podcasts or channels or, or anything like that. There was a clear problem in there that Klopp needed to address, and the club needed to address, and then they needed to buy the right players, and they ended up buying it. And you look at look at them now, and they're you know shoulder shoulder with City. So City has spent over a billion on their squad, which is which is ridiculous. Billion euros on their squad. Um, so Liverpool have done it the right way. Um, I think I wouldn't only put it down to Klopp. I think you know the, the likes of I think it's Michael Edwards who is uh, well, um, the the club on the whole. They they have a, a philosophy. They they know how they want to work things, and Klopp marries into that really well. It's one of the most um, tactically advanced managers in, in the world. Um, you, you get, you know exactly what you want, what you get with him. Um, he excites the fans. You know, he, it's it. I, I don't envy it really. Um, it's, it's never nice to see Liverpool bloody winning trophies and that kind of thing. You know, um, just like I'm, I'm sure it was when for you guys when United were doing it, Liverpool weren't really winning anything. Um, so it's flipped, um, but Liverpool set an example of what to do, um, and I think I actually think United are trying to copy it now. <laughs> Just really, um, it's, it's a little bit tin pot the, the way that they're trying to go about it um, with just maybe the personnel that they've, you know, that they that they've got. So I'm kind of lost my point there. Yeah, no, you're okay. Um, let me see. We'll move away from that. You know, people are asking me here, like, um, you know, are saying things like they're enjoying every minute of what what's happening at United and stuff. But that's that's to be expected as Liverpool fans. Oh. Like you said there, Scott, you know, I'm sure when United were winning everything in Liverpool, were kind of in the doldrums. Um, you know, you would have enjoyed it too. People are saying, how come we're talking about I United? Can I? No, just one second, Chris. People are asking, why, why are you talking about United? I said it from the start of this international break. I want to get the views of as many, up, you know, other clubs during this international break. And then, you know, we build up to, to, to the next league game. Grizz, I want to move it on for away from Mourinho now. I want to move to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he, he comes in in temporary charge and ends up getting the job on a three-year deal. Um, another, for me, another bizarre decision. Uh, it's, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, a romantic sort of idea, I think, from United. 
I don't think. I didn't think at the time it would work, and I still don't think that. Um, do you do you see him seeing out the season? That's a genu- genuine question. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. I really hope he sees out the season, and I hope they stick with him. I mean, you talk about bizarre decisions, and you talk, and you was talking about sort of Liverpool fans sort of enjoying it. And one of the reasons why possibly Liverpool fans are enjoying it more than ever is because it's near enough a mirror image of what happened to us. It really is. Um, you know, us coming off sort of the glory years after Dalglish and then sort of appointing, you know, we went through a phase with Sunes, which, you know, sort of was the equivalent of the Mourinho signing, possibly, would you agree? In terms of high glamour manager sort of character, personality, tried to change everything, you know, didn't go right, you know, same with Menino. So there's, so there's similarities there. And then we went for a sort of, um, uh, help me out here, Gav, who did we go after Sunes? We went. Roy Evans. Right. So, you know, the emotional decision boot room, you know, similar to Solskjaer, not the boot room, but you know, another, you know, Roy Evans, has he got the personality and the character to sort of, Take charge of a club like Liverpool. Same questions of of Solskjaer. Has he really got the the personality and character to take on a, a club like United? No one really thought so. The Glazers did, thankfully. You know, so we we can see similarities and where they're going, kind of thing. In terms of we went through this phase where we thought, all right, it's just a matter of time. We're going to get back to the top. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And you know, that's why. You know, Liverpool fans can almost relate to the situation now, and you know, because we went through this phase. I personally think, I remember at the time, it was a lot of talk about Pochettino uh, possibly coming in and me shitting my pants because I thought, if Pochettino takes charge of Man United, then they're a force to be reckoned with. With Solskjaer, I knew they're not going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, and you know, from our point of view, long may it continue, but I, I can't see him... I can see him to the end of the season because I just don't know if anyone else will be able to take it in mid-season or whatever. And they're not going to want to go down the route of a temporary manager again to the end of the season. So I think with Pochettino 90% leaving Spurs next season, I think he's got to survive until the end of the season. And, and, and if I was, if I cared about United and I found one of the Glazers, then I would just make sure the work starts from now, try to get Pochettino as their coach. It's interesting you say that. Chris Brack on the on the comment says he thinks Ole will see out the season as I think being he's being briefed uh, to clear out the dead wood or I don't know, maybe bad influences and by youth next summer could be interesting. Uh, Scott, do, do you do, with regards to Solskjaer, it's a three year deal. Um I'm not gonna you know, hang on this point for, for too long, but do, do you see him seeing out that contract or even getting close? I don't see him seeing out the contract, I've got to be honest. Um, I, it, again, like we touched on it already, but I thought it was really bizarre. Um, I didn't... When he came in as a replacement for Mourinho, I could I could see it in the in the, the December when it happened until the end of the season because I thought there's a long-term plan here. They're going to go after Pochettino. And they acted so fast. They... they they literally, in, I think it was in their statement that they would. They said that they would address the manager's role at the end of the season, um, and no decision will be made on it until the end of the season. And then they kind of, you know, just decided midway through that 
the results have been so good um, that he just had to get the job when the fan, the kind of calls from the fans were just given the job, given the job. But again, that's, that's, a, that's another example of poor management for me. Um, I didn't ever think that Solskjaer should have got the job. I still don't, I might get killed by a United fans for saying this, but I, I don't think he ever should have got it. I don't think he should be there now. Um, but they have made the decision, so they're going to have to give him at least the season um, to kind of see. But they again, it, it comes down to the people making the decisions at the top. It's it, it's so difficult to get your head around, um, like why they're doing this. All they're concerned about is money, perhaps, and taking money out of the club. Um, that could be it. So um, they just put a manager in there who would maybe be. I know, I know that some fans think this would maybe just be a yes man who's just ready to kind of trim the wage bill a little bit and just give some, you know, give the fans some nice football to look at while we try and scrape in the top four every season like Arsenal have been doing for 10 years, 15 years. Um, you know, it's it was never the right decision for me. Um, I don't think he'll see out the, the duration of the three years um, because United made their worst start to a Premier League season this year <laughs> after the first four games. Um, there are definitely some good signs there, but I mean, like Solskjaer's never really had um, the pedigree um, to show that he could actually do this job for the long term. Um, and I think that all along, there's been a, a man, we mentioned Pochettino already, who... When he went, remember when he went into Tottenham and they were kind of in a rut. Um, there were a lot of bad eggs in that dressing room. He threw them out, and look where they are now. Um, and I, that, at the time, I thought Pochettino's done that at Spurs. If United had any sense about them, they would do all of, all that they can to get Pochettino in because he's proven got proven Premier League experience. He's taken Spurs from you know general mid table unpredictable to a team that I know they're not in the greatest patch now, but they. They, they're a good team. Um, and with that little bit of extra financial power at United, he probably could have gone a long way. Um, and maybe Solskjaer is doing the job for him um, and clearing out the deadwood. But I, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's what I prefer to happen uh, long term. But uh, you never know with United. There was a lot of reports that went around at the time when he was came in as... I don't even know. Was it his official title caretaker manager it probably was um and there was a lot of reports going around that he was brought in to over or have a look over the squad give his recommendations to the board at the end of the season for a, for a different you know um you know for for a different manager that was going to come in like a like a dossier i suppose um and then he then he gets the deal but like somebody mentioned earlier on i just want to run through a couple of quick topics with you scott because people are asking about them you know i think he has three wins in 16 something like that um you know any of the united manager like i don't even think Moyes was Moyes was that bad um but you're talking about him coming in and maybe removing different players but i want to talk about one a contract two an incoming and three, just the way a bit lopsided the, the, the squad looks, just before we finish. Um, David De Gea, is, is, is there any, is he angling just for more money to be matched with Pogba? Or, um, or is there a real possibility he's looking to go? I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say he's going to run his contract out and go and join Juventus or something like that. Okay. Because it's just been going on a little bit too long for me. Like, it felt to me like, he was, he's been on the verge for about four or five months of signing a new contract. 
Um, I think it's probably Alexis Sanchez's wage, and um, we don't even have to get, <laughs> don't even have to get into him. Um, but he's he's still on the books, obviously he's out on loan. Um, I don't think that his earnings will have helped in negotiations at all. Um, probably led to Ander Herrera um, maybe going or the. I'm going off topic a bit there, but regarding to Hair, I don't, I couldn't say with any certainty either way. Um, I th- I do think he really loves United, but if you look at that squad now and you think, is David De Gea going to be spending like the prime years for a keeper are what, 20, 29 to 32, 33 or whatever? Yeah. Um, you'd probably say, um, is he going to really want to spend those prime years with a squad of players that, you know, that we, we've put out the, the kind of youngest starting 11, um, in the Premier League twice this season, I think. Um, is he really going to want to, lead that team when he can quite easily go somewhere else, like to a, a Juventus or a Paris Saint-Germain. I know they've just signed Keylor Navas, but there are clubs out there who would take him just for a big signing on fee where he could go and win trophies. So honestly, um, if I had to put money on it, I would say that he's probably going to end up leaving for free. Um, and that's a damning indictment, indictment on the club again. It absolutely is. And I, I think you're right. I think... I think the Alexis Sanchez thing just made a, made so many holes for Manchester United. It was untrue. Um, it looked a good deal at the time with Mkhitaryan going the other way, but it just left so many doors open for, for other players to walk through and go, listen, um, I, I want more money. I'm worth more than him. I've been here this long, X, Y, and Z, uh, particularly the likes of Pogba and De Gea. Although I believe De Gea has been given a bit of stick over the last little while. Um, I think the, the Palace winner at Old Trafford the other week, he was given quite a bit of stick. That happens to all goalkeepers. But let's be honest, David De Gea has been probably the outstanding goalkeeper in the world for the last four or five years. So, But to leave on a free, yeah, it probably is a damning indictment. Grizz, I want to ask you about a young player that United signed, um, and it's uh, Daniel James. Daniel James, am I right? I feel like I've got that wrong, but I think... Yeah, yeah um, Grizz, he looks like a, he looks like a good hope for them, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, from so far, from what we've seen, you know, he looks good. He looks decent. Um, I think it's far too early to sort of pass judgment either way on him yet. It's literally, what, four games into the season. He looks handy. The only but, thing I would, the only thing I would say, it, it, it's just, sorry, Grace, the one thing, I, the reason I say that is, it's just he looks a bit, there's a bit of go about him, there's a bit of impetus about him when he gets the ball. And I think that's something United have missed for, for a little while. <laughs> It is, but look, looking at the, looking at in the overall, overall grand scheme of things, you know, he's got, he, we've got, now we're talking about Daniel James and no disrespect to Daniel James and where he's come from and where he's at. And I understand everything about, you know, it doesn't have to be a glamorous signing, but if we remember, you know, if we look back at this, uh, of the sort of wingers Man United are used to in the past, you know, the likes of Konchelski, Skiggs, you know, uh, even Valencia before he reverted to a fullback. Is this guy in that league, in that category of players and stars that are going to elevate them to where they want to be? I think it's, I think it's slightly overhyped in terms of what he is. I mean, you know, Lingard was talked about the same way. You know, a few years ago, has he progressed? I can't, I can't game? speak, I can't speak about Jesse Lingard because Oh, I just can't. <laughs> no, but, but, but my point, but the point I'm trying to make, and the point I'm trying to make, um, 
or the comparison I'm trying to make and relate it back to the Liverpool thing again as we're a Liverpool podcast talking about Man United is do you remember we went through a phase of similar youngsters coming through and we thought okay these are the ones in the, in, in the likes of sort of Ben Warborn that's it no no before that I'm talking about sort of comparing it to the Man United era uh, when we were in the doldrums like the sort of the Don Hutchinson the Mike Marsh era we thought oh brilliant young players coming through look for part got them cheap from you know lower lower level clubs but you know it proved not to be the case for Liverpool and I think it's going to be proved not to be the case for Man United as well unfortunately well, fortunately uh, Kevin Sullivan says that James looks like 18 million well spent no matter what they'll make money on him um, that's if he goes anywhere I suppose uh, fair enough Scott, the last one on the on the football for, from before uh, we get on to a few bits about the expectations for the season um, two recognised strikers would I be right in saying between now and January is that is that yeah. is that a fair point yeah I would say so um, third choice is a 17 year old mm-hmm. um, who looks brilliant to be fair um, but it's just it's a it's a lack of plan. It's a lack of planning again. But what I would, I just want to touch on Daniel James. Like, he coming in, like, I, I don't think that even he would have expected to play as a regular starter um, at Man United from the start. Um, there's a lot of, United signed three players in the transfer window. They've let go six or seven or however many it is. The squad is weaker than it was last season. Um, Absolute mad. Yeah. Which is just mad. But at the same time, I, th- I th- I think United actually have an idea of what they want to do now. They just haven't. They they did half a job, you know. They they got the deadwood out. Um, they've signed a few players who look to have the right profile. I know you want to take the mick out of Harry Maguire, Grizz, but like you know, he's a good defender. Um, they did overpay for him, um, but the, in terms of the profile, I think they got it right. Um, but the, the striking options there uh, and in the midfield as well. You, you're looking at. Paul Pogba and Scott McTominay are kind of your, your main two. And Scott McTominay, he's, he's been a squad player for the last couple of years. Mourinho liked him. Um, but generally, uh, I don't think there's many United fans out there who would be clamouring for him to start every week, which is what he's going to be doing for the next six months or the rest of the season, I would imagine. Um, they're so light up front. They're so light in midfield. Um, they've got a lot of defenders, and they just need to start getting that right. But I'm just worried about where the goals are going to come from. And, like, Romelu Lukaku, like him or not, probably gets you 15 to 20 goals a season. Absolutely. Um, so I understand why they sold him, but they didn't replace him. And they're asking a lot now of Rashford and Martial to deliver the goals that Lukaku would have delivered, as well as their own expectations. Um, and then... What if like Martial was injured the other day? Um, what if he gets injured for a couple of months or something like that? And then you've literally got Mason Greenwood, who it's just not fair on a kid to at 17 to come in and say, hey, take United on your shoulders, a club as big as United on your shoulders, and get the goals that we need to win games for us. Um, it'll come back to bite them. It'll probably already has, um, but they're light. They are very light. Well, I have to say, Scott, um, I've, we've spoken now for about 40 minutes and any mention of yourself on the live chat has been, um, has been good. People have said you're being very honest. You, you seem to have your head screwed on. Um, I don't know why people thought you'd come on with your head half screwed off, but, um, <laughs> you seem to have it screwed on. Um, 
before we finish, um, I've taken Grizz's, Grizz's predictions for the season. Um, they've been wrapped away in the in the um, LFC day trip or safe until the end of the season. That's how we're working uh, for this season. But just just looking at um, just looking at the season, what's left? Well, what's left of it? There's only four games gone. I suppose, Scott, what's your expect? What's your hope for United for this season? And also, what way do you think the league and European Cup is going to go? Um, before they made the sales, um, I did the sales of Sanchez and kind of Lukaku. I did think that there was an outside chance that maybe top four was was there um, because of the weaknesses of you know Chelsea are in transition. You never know with Arsenal. I, I kind of feel like. Pochettino and Tottenham are going to start going their separate ways. I feel like that's started to happen already. Um, so I did think that there was a chance there. But to, honestly, like United's next game is Leicester. And if you look at United's team versus Leicester's team, man-to-man, it's close. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of teams there now who, with the, the thinness of United squad, that I think would fancy catching United. And I do really worry about 7th or 8th this season I've I got to be honest um, wow. it's you know if, if they if they design better or if they design more players I'd have a bit more confidence but you, there's a lot of things that have the potential to go wrong in there um, you know um, how, how long will Solskjaer last is there enough goals in there do they have enough characters there's a lot of there's a lot of things. If, if they put a nice run of form together and get a bit of confidence, I think they could do damage. But United only seem to, and it's probably Solskjaer's fault, they only seem to know how to play on the counter-attack at the moment. <clears throat> so if there's clubs in, in there who come in and sit back at Old Trafford, more of those Crystal Palace results will happen with this team. Um, so I, I honestly, I think our best chance of getting, I wouldn't say it's our best chance, maybe. Um, but top four... It's nowhere near and a kind of guarantee. I, I think if I had pick somewhere, I'd probably say sixth or, th- or seventh. Um, I'm worried it could be lower. And then the Europa League, I don't know if, if there's a, is there enough personality in there um, to kind of grind through a competition. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Chris, Chris um, Scott has said seventh or eighth there, uh, which surprised me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. Where would you put United in this season? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much with Scott. I mean, I, I done a show with Scott as well, and I can't quite remember. I'll have to watch it again where I put United. I think I'm, in, I think I was probably, you know, like people have been saying, um, Scott's got his head screwed on. I think I had my head half screwed off when I went on that show, and I think I may have put them fourth. Yeah. I put them fourth as well, but the, we have exactly. to, we have the defence that they ended up selling exactly. the squad after. It was I was just exactly, and I was just going to say in my defence and Scott's defence that when they sold the players near the, when they and didn't replace them at the end, that was just pure asking for trouble. Um, Chelsea looked better than them. Arsenal looked better than them. I can't see them finishing above those two teams. So. Yeah, you're looking at around sixth, seventh for me as well. The problem, the problem for United for me is, is um, I think the worst game they could hope to play after the international break is Leicester at home, um, because Leicester, United like to play on the break. That's fair enough, but you have to be able to defend and be compact in order to do that. I don't think United are quite there yet. 
And if they come out and try to go at Leicester, Leicester love nothing more than to make that pitch big, make it wide, um, get your get Harry Maguire up that pitch, and then let Vardy go in behind, and they'll try it all day. Um, but looking at it, do you know something? You've both said it in around six, seven, eight, and and it's kind of hard to argue. But um, it'll all depend how they get on coming around Christmas, and will an FA Cup run be there? Will the will European they're in the Europa League, aren't they? Are they in the Europa League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the Europa League. I don't know who they got in the group, but when it comes around to that, you're going to see, you know, where are they fixed in that. Could that end up being how they get into the Champions League? It could all go quite well, and Solskjaer could kind of enhance himself throughout this season, or it could go really, really badly. And in around February, January, February, they're looking for a manager yet again. Uh, Scott, just before you go, um, you say fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, could, whatever it could be. The top four, what would your top four prediction be? In order. I think, I, I, I still think, uh, that City are gonna do it again. Um, I just, I know, I know that, um, Liverpool are brilliant, but I just think you're so unlucky. Um, you, you could win it, you've got the ability to win it, no doubt about that. Um, but there's so much strength and depth at City, um, that, I can't, I can't look past them for now. I, I put Liverpool a close second again. Um, probably Arsenal third and then fourth. I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say Chelsea are necessarily that much better than United. Um, like Grizz said. Um, but there's a lot that, that fourth spot is open for me. Um, I probably put Tottenham in there generally, but there, there could be a lot of teams competing for it. Um, a guy called Chugs on Periscope reckons United will finish in the top four. Um, Stephen Mack reckons that Leicester will get the top four. Um, I think you'll see Spurs in there with United and, or with Liverpool and City and one other. Um, I really think it's that way. Grace, any other business before we leave? No other business. Just no. uh, so happy that international break is over and we can get down to uh, real football. Yeah, it's been a long two weeks. It's been a really, really long two weeks. Um, it's been literally one weekend without football, and it feels like, a, uh, it just, it just feels like about a month. It really, really does. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'd like to, um, thank you for coming on, first of all. It's not easy to come onto a Liverpool podcast as a United fan, especially at times like this, but you've been very honest, very candid on what you've said. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to thank you a lot for that. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, therapeutic. Okay, well, if ever I can help again, um, let me know. Uh, this fourth session is free, but I do charge from second <laughs> session onwards. Um, Grizz, thanks a million, and I'll talk to you soon as well, bud. Oh, mate. Thanks. Okay. That's been the Fatback for Daily. Thanks for sticking with us. We are back tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about Arsenal tomorrow. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Liverpool than we did tonight. An Arsenal-Liverpool mix tomorrow night. We have a quiz on Thursday night where listener and viewer Chris Brack is going to come on and I'm going to fire 10 questions at him and he's going to fire 10 questions at me and we'll see how we get on. But that's us for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your comments. You've been excellent. I've been average. The two boys on the line have been way above average but you know they've been better than me it's the way it, it's the way it works over and out time to fire up the grill time to go to total wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers Ooh, i love their beer cooler <laughs> you love their prices even more wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what 
It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.